Hi, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about whether you should kill spiders in your home, everyday food and drinks with weird medical origins, and how to motivate yourself to exercise when you're depressed. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Okay, Cody, you find a spider in your house. What do you do? I kill it before my wife sees it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I never kill spiders. Really? Never. Do you like put it on your finger and then walk it outside? Oh, I don't put it on my finger. It'll, it would crawl over my arm that way. I, I usually get a little cup and I get a little piece of paper and I trap it and I put it outside. It turns out that uh, science says that I'm in the right here. Really? Yeah. You need spiders in your home. Well, yeah, because they eat other bugs, right? They do. And they're actually not dangerous. They're just they're kind of good for your most of them are good for your home. Very few of the 400,000 known spider species are capable of harming humans. Even spider bites are actually extremely rare. A lot of the times when people think that they have spider bites, they actually have bites from a different insect. Really? Yeah. North Carolina State University entomologist Matt Bertone conducted a survey of 50 North Carolina homes to see which spiders are living under our roofs. It shouldn't surprise you that every house he surveyed was home to spiders. The most common ones were something called cobweb spiders, which are those ones with they have like really big butts and they make <laughs> cobwebs. Sure. Unsurprisingly. And cellar spiders, which if you've listened to past podcasts, you probably know that those are also called daddy long legs. Mm -hmm. So that's totally normal. You have spiders in your house. They're not going to hurt you. And they share the space with you all the time. They hide in dark places because that's where they can catch prey. And they actually eat all the other pests in your home, like roaches, earwigs, and insects that carry disease, like mosquitoes and flies. And sometimes they end up killing other spiders, too. Actually, the cellar spider is known to kill venomous black widow spiders. Oh. So, yeah, you want him around or her. But if you simply can't stand seeing a spider inside, do what I do. <laughs> Try to trap it under a glass. You know, you don't have to get your hands on it and gently release it outside. But you don't even have to do that. If it's in the middle of your bathtub, you can probably just brush it toward a dark corner and let it live its life out there. So there's one exception to this rule. Yeah, when do you kill spiders? According to spider expert Christopher Buttle of McGill University, non-regional spiders in your home should be killed. When would you get a non-regional spider in your home? Most likely when you're bringing home fruit or vegetables from the store and a spider ends up hitching a ride. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because that produce is probably from somewhere else in the world and that spider will do some damage if it gets out into the wild. Yeah, how about travel too? If like if you come back from a trip. Yeah, true. If you find a spider in your suitcase or something, kill kill that thing. Yeah, for sure. Right. When you get back from summer vacation, make sure there's no spiders in there. Yep. Ashley, do you like s'mores? I love s'mores. Do you know that graham crackers used to be really super bland? I did know that, and it's a crazy story about that, right? Yes. Today on Curiosity.com, we wrote about everyday foods and drinks with strange medical origins, and graham crackers happen to be one of those foods. Do tell. Yeah, this was an insane story. It actually has something to do with religion. There's a Presbyterian minister named Sylvester Graham, and he developed graham crackers to combat immorality. Hmm. Like morality, not immortality, immorality. He created the cracker in 1829 to help people follow the Graham diet, and that was a bland food regimen that supposedly stopped people from having, let's just say, impure thoughts. Okay, so we're not talking about like sugar and cinnamon and all the goodness that you get in graham crackers today. No, it was just a boring, generic cracker with basically no flavor. Wow. 
Yeah. This diet was actually one of the first vegetarian diets in the country. And the fad's popularity kind of went away after Graham's death. And eventually Nabisco and some other companies added honey and cinnamon and sugar and all those things to make it nice. But yeah, graham crackers were originally gross. Today, you can read more about all of the foods that we wrote about, but we also get into Salisbury steak, which began as supposedly a really easily digested food that became a sensation after 1888. Amazing. Yeah. And soft drinks. 7-Up, Dr. Pepper, and Coca-Cola all used to be marketed as having medical benefits. Yeah, and also 7-Up used to have lithium. Yeah, 7-Up was my my favorite probably of all the stories. 7-Up yeah. was originally called Bib Label Lithiated Lemon Lime Soda. Amazing. And the lithium wasn't removed until 1950. It was legitimately a mood stabilizing drink because lithium citrate actually is a compound used to treat psychiatric conditions. So it actually did have medicinal benefits originally. And when they decided to change the name to 7-Up, the guy who changed the name 7-Up died and never told anybody why he called it 7-Up. <gasps> so there are actually a lot of rumors out there, but there, no one knows why it's called 7-Up. Wow. Yeah. So people think it refers to the pH in the drink. Some people refer to the ingredients, but no one knows why it's called 7-Up. That's amazing. Crazy stories. Mystery. And yeah, you can find them all today on Curiosity.com and on the Curiosity app for Android and iOS. So in the news lately, it's been kind of tough, right? Like there have been a few suicides and a lot of people have been talking about what to do if you're depressed. The fact is depression is a mental disorder, but it also has a really big effect on the body. It causes insomnia, fatigue. It can weaken your immune system. And that's why exercise is actually a proven method for treating anxiety and depression. But of course, there's a vicious cycle there, right? Because when you're depressed, you don't want to do anything, especially not exercise. So how do you do that? How do you fight that? Well, today on Curiosity.com, we offer a few tips on how to exercise when you're depressed. Number one, don't wait for motivation. This is true of motivation across the board, really. If you're just waiting for motivation to come, it's not going to come. So if you ever find yourself saying, I'll run later when I feel like it, then just do it. Maybe try thinking about how you'll feel after you've done that run. You'll feel all accomplished and, and energized. And maybe that can help motivate you to get out the door and go running. Also, make it social. Depression can lead to loneliness. If you call up a friend to go work out together, that can hit two birds with one stone. You can get your social time in and also get some exercise and you'll feel better for it. The other thing is that if you have a friend waiting on you to do that morning workout or after work workout, you're more likely to do it because it's not just about you. Someone else is waiting on you. Also, you might have a pretty narrow idea of what exercise is. I mean, maybe when you think about exercise, you think about high school gym, right, which was awful for everyone. <laughs> right. But there are a lot of different ways to exercise. We just recently went over a big list of them recommended by a Harvard doctor. Things like walking, swimming, Tai Chi. You could even throw a Frisbee around or go for a bike ride. Just find an activity that you think is fun and that you look forward to. And try not to think of it as exercise. Think of it as a fun activity. We've got a bunch more tips on Curiosity.com if you need a little bit of extra help getting out the door. Yeah, it's hard enough to start exercising when you're not depressed. Yeah, so it is. Hopefully people can find some help in this, whether you are battling anxiety or not. And you can also read more about everything else we wrote about today, plus a lot more, by the way, on Curiosity.com and on the Curiosity app for Android and iOS. Join us again tomorrow for the Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. 
on the Westwood One Podcast Network.